Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Called to Counsel podcast, where I, your host, Elder James Harrison, CEO of Crossroads Deliverance Ministries and Counseling LLC, talk about mental health and faith topics. Today is Sunday, Sunday, July the 19th. It is nine o'clock, a little over nine o'clock a.m., Happy Sunday to you, and I trust that your weekend is going swell. Um, I want to talk about something that um, my podcast, um, I only have 30 minutes, and so I want to get through as as, as much of it I can without sounding too uh, rushy. But um, I want to talk about something that I spoke on last week. I want to just build upon that um, topic and that is the application of collateral beauty and just a brief summation of what i talked about application the application of collateral beauty which stemmed from a 2016 movie starring will smith where a successful uh, ad executive um, was you know very high spirited, very gung ho, very upbeat, and um, you know very motivational. Um, and he was talking with his um, subordinates of the agency and telling them about the abstractions in life, the three abstractions which were love time and death and he talks about how they all interconnect throughout life and um, it's to help us build stronger connections and you know just to continue um, reinventing ourselves and and connecting with others to help shape who we are and then two years from that um, Howard played by Will Smith he suffered a significant loss L-O-S-S, which left him in a place of despair, which left him in a place of uh, loneliness. And he was angered by the loss and he sends three letters. And if you heard the podcast, then you'll remember or saw the movie. He writes three letters to love, time and death. And to his surprise, they responded and they manifested in physical form. And so the end of the story talked about how he was able to uh, reconnect. He was able to reconnect with those connections that he once held. And he he reconnected with himself. He reconnected with um, those around him. And, uh, and I took it a step further about reconnecting with God. Now, in the movie, they sort of kind of highlight the universe. But as a Christian it's God. God is the creator of the universe. And that's my perception. That's my perspective. God is the creator of the universe. So I, I don't call him the universe. I, I, I refer him to as God, the creator of all things. And so I want to continue with that collateral beauty is simply finding the energy, finding the momentum and the wherewithal to look at the things that were not lost look at the things that were not taken from you during 
your calamity. Look at the things that are still present. As difficult as it might be, um, finding the good in grief as where we get the term that we so accustomed to using throughout life, good grief, finding the grief, finding the good that's in grief. And so I want to talk about the application of collateral beauty, but I want to be a little bit more personal with it today. And I want to talk about it as it relates to loneliness And I know, you know, you have being alone and you have loneliness and they can be used interchangeably, but in their definitive forms, you know, being alone is simply meaning being by yourself, being being physically by yourself. Loneliness is more of an emotion. It's how you feel. It's it's the residual effects after being alone. It's the residual effects from being by yourself where the fear and the anxiety or the sense of rejection and even the stress um, when we are alone, when we when we are lonely, when the emotional aspect of being lonely or loneliness we're experiencing loneliness how it affects our physical body and how cortisone levels in our physical body which is the which is the stress chemical in our body it it tends to go up it tends to increase it tends to elevate and when there's too much stress when there's an elevation of stress then there is the possibility of vascular disease uh inflammation of the current current arteries which can actually cause heart attack and so stress can kill um so i look at this particular i'm looking at a particular scripture um second timothy chapter four second timothy chapter four paul wrote the book of timothy first and second timothy um he wrote it to his son in the gospel who bears the name of the book timothy these were letters written to timothy um, who was considered a young pastor, a young elder, in as as well as Titus. These were the Apostle Paul's um, sons in the ministry, sons in the gospel. And so he writes letters to, to, to Timothy, and he's writing this second letter. And, you know, the first part is something that we are familiar with. Those of us who grew up in church, especially those who have... Um, witness individuals acknowledge their call, um, such as myself. Um, and then, you know, during ordination time, we, we hear this a lot where we get verse two, we see verse two, preach the word, you know, they say, preach the word, be prepared in season, be prepared out of season, correct or instruct, rebuke and encourage, build up, rebuke means to stop something. Uh, to encourage with great patience or long suffering and careful instruction for the time will come when men will not put up or endure sound doctrine they won't want to hear sound doctrine um he says instead uh to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers they will align or associate themselves with teachers that are entertaining 
Okay, and that's pretty much what Paul is saying. He says, uh, for their itching ears, um, they want pe- they want teachers to to tell them something that's going to um, ignite or uh, 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 wet their entertainment. Um, and it's about entertainment. It's about making me um, not helping me to live better or helping me to to learn God more, but it's, it's, it's about a whole lot of other stimulants. Okay. And so Paul talks about that. And it's interesting because Paul, Paul is saying to Timothy, you know, that the time would come people, people won't, people don't want to endure sound doctrine. They don't want the flesh, the flesh. Okay. The lust of the flesh, um, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. They it doesn't want sound doctrine. It doesn't want. It doesn't want the word that's going to cut. And and when I mean by cut, I'm not talking that old traditional laying people out. I'm talking about making incisions in our spirit so that we will become uh, healed. Cutting is healing. When there's an incision, when there is surgery, that is healing. That's the that's the first step to healing. There is a resetting, a recutting, a reignition, um, a, a re um um uh in, incision there is a breach there is a tearing you know in order for healing to take place something has to break down in order for it to be built back up and so there is a physical therapy there is a resetting okay there's a resetting there there we have to be uh remembered after being dismembered and remembered simply means to be reconnected reattached realigned a remembered okay so we we paul is talking that there's going to come a time timothy that people are not going to want to hear the word in 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 its raw form that will help them learn who Jesus is and grow thereby. So he, he talks about that and he goes into that discourse. But then we see we see his writing in this fourth chapter of Second Timothy. We see the writing shift. So the writing discontinues from focusing on encouraging Timothy how to uh lead people and the uh the woes that come with leading people. Now, Paul talks about himself. This chapter deals very much with the emotion of loneliness. Okay. The emotion of loneliness and, and the physical aspect of being alone. Paul goes on here and he's, when we look at verse six, he said, for I'm now um, already being poured out. I'm being drained. I'm being depleted. Paul was on death row. Okay. Paul was on death row. His death. He So it wasn't like he was just dying from old age or, you know, just natural causes. Paul was experiencing the pre-emotional effects of death row he was about to be executed and his days were numbered 
the Apostle Paul, yes, the Apostle Paul, whom God, whom Christ called on the road to Damascus and had equipped him to, 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 for as much as we know, minister to the Gentile nations. God used Paul to work miracles, but Paul had a rough life. Paul had a rough life. Many days, Paul says he went hungry. The apostle, he went hungry. He was left for dead. He was beaten. He was drifting out in the oceans in the dark by himself. And and, and these, these were significant experiences that he had in his life that still carried themselves with him they were still in his mind sometimes you know we 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 as christians we don't get over things and you know we said get over it get over and i'm not talked about that before but there are some things you just do not get over despite you not talking about it you know it's a lot of people i don't talk about stuff i don't talk about stuff you know um you know well a couple of things with that you may not talk with some people about stuff but you you do talk and, and you you talk to somebody and um and then if you know holding it in you know it it permeates in other action in other ways it comes out of you you know um a lot of times you know you, you talk with people you don't say anything but you can tell you you can you can listen to the content and um you know and, and, you know, not being judgmental, but it does, it comes out in so many ways. And, um, you know, we, we are always telling people to be honest, be honest, um, be open. But it's interesting how people want you to be honest and open, but they're not being honest and open with you. And so then when you do share things that are just humanly you know, you know, and that's just human for you to share. You know, you're not always, you know, you're not always happy. Sometimes you do get upset and you do want to have people that you want to say, you know what, look, that thing. But 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 then when you do that and then people correct you, well, then you question Well, then you really don't want me to be honest, you know, you because as the saying is going has been going around, we don't listen to hear we listen to respond you know and so paul was in a very he was in a very delicate state right now because you know his days were being numbered and so he goes on and he starts to tell timothy in verse nine he says listen listen i know you have a lot going on i know you're you're doing ministry and um you know, we, we have kept in touch, but as much as lies within you, do whatever you can within your power to get here quickly, to make it to see me quickly. I don't know how much time I have. You know, my days are numbered. I am on death row. Um, I am in prison. And um, doing a reading and doing a study on Roman imprisonment, some of them, some some was very strict. Some was very strict to the point of being, um, you know, you were uh, chained with other uh, with guards, you know, so that whatever you needed to do, you did right there in the presence of the guards. Um, whatever you did, whatever, 
and let your imagination <laughs> just go. You were connected. If you had to go, they went with you. You were not by yourself. And then in Paul's case, because of um, his citizenry and all, there was a level of um, accommodation that was made for him. So he wasn't in in the actual dungeon if you will, he was able to move about, but he was still in a confined, controlled environment. So he was able to wash his own clothes. Some people had servants, some people had attendants, um, you know, in the Roman um, prisons and um, incarceration process. So he was able to read material. He was able to do just like in our um penal institutions and facilities today there there is laundry detail there are books that people are given to read and so on and so forth but he's asking timothy to hurry you know to hurry up and to do whatever he can do to get there he says um now this is this is very important verse 10 he says demas because he loved this world has deserted me. Look at that word deserted. We're talking about Paul. We're talking about the the, the outside of Christ because he he could he could not hold a candlestick next to Christ. But we're we're not including Christ in 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 this aspect as being the most influential of the of of in the Bible. But in the New Testament, outside of Christ, Paul is the most iconic and influential. Um, individual that we see in the new testament he was very intelligent he was very smart he 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 was very scholarly he 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 studied in the best schools he 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 understood revelations and things of this sort god god had imparted in him such divine graces but listen to the term that he used demons deserted me deserted me that's a strong word he forsook me he didn't just leave me and told me hey hey paul i tell you what you know no he made it clear paul i am no longer with you he made it clear in his verbiage and he made it clear in his actions toward paul he paul said he deserted me left me by myself um he then goes on to talk about the brethren and he shares he says uh um let's see here crescents um or crescents have gone to galatia and titus has um gone on to dalmatia okay so crescents and titus they are they are doing their missionary work they're they're engaging in ministry and they have their own call and their own ministry and the only one that's with me right now is luke luke out of all of these individuals that i have met since my um damascus experience as a follower of jesus Everybody that I was associated with have either became apostates, which means to depart or walk away from the faith, committing apostasy, or they've gone on and and, and they're doing their own work and they're doing their own ministry. 
And you can't tell me that that's not difficult to experience. You can't tell me that that's not because people as people, we, we do like to hold and hoard and hold on to things and people, you know, but he's saying that, you know, the men, the men of God that were with me, they have their own ministry now. And only Luke, Luke, the physician, Luke, the doctor. And I was doing a little study on Luke, um, let's see a few months ago a couple of months ago rather back and i was i was trying to see if there was any connection with luke being a medical doctor as well as being or, or working in the field of psychiatry paul believe it or not paul was experiencing a lot of psychological um, fears and anxiety. Okay. Yes, Paul. Yes. He goes on and says, you know, bring my cloak, bring my cloak, you know, bring my coat, my mantle, you know, because it's, 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 it's going to be getting real cold soon. And I, 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 you know, I need clothes. And even as I'm saying this, uh, the tears, the tears about to swell up because I can, I can attest and I can witness to this experience. He says, bring your, bring your, bring your, bring my clothes with you. Bring my scripts, bring my literature, bring me some, bring the, the reading material. But most of all, Timothy, as much as you can bring, and even if you have to leave some things, but don't forget the parchments. Don't forget uh, the parchments, especially the parchments. And the parchments were the scripts the scriptures, the word of God. And he said, you know, when you came, I'm sorry, when you come, he says, bring these things. Um, and then he goes back to say, Alexander, you remember him, Timothy, Alexander, the metal worker. Um, he, he did me a great deal of harm. He, he did me something, as we would say in this world, he, he did me something dirty. And so, you know, the Lord will repay this. This is a man speaking out of human emotion of loneliness. He's talking about these detriments. He's talking about he was in a grief. Yes, yes. He was in a grief state of mind. And how many times are we in a grief state of mind? And we don't even know it. And sometimes we know it and we still try, we try to hide it, you know, but Paul was being open. He was being, he was being very much exposed about his condition. I'm in a place now of loneliness. I have no one here except Luke. And, you know, he comes in when he can um, and we touch bases, but the foundation, the organizations, the reformations, the networks, the connections that I had, I no longer have. And my God, how well can I speak on that? You know, you look at people, you know, and people 
you know, people will say, well, you know, people come and people go and, you know, um, nobody's nobody's to stay in your life forever. You know, and I'm just thinking of just terms that people will use. But yet you look at other people and you say, well, that's interesting because they're staying in each other's lives. They're still in each other's lives way before me and seemingly after me. You know, and you start to question, well, is it something wrong with me? God, what is it? What, what? As, as, as Hezekiah Walker's old song, the lyric says, I wonder what I have done to make this race so hard to run. You try to make assessments and you try to, you, you, you know, you try to um, extend yourself and you try to maintain that source of connection and but then you realize you know with in a lot of cases people connect with what people choose to connect and 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 as people say a lot of times it's superficial you know as, as i've heard people say a lot of it it's superficial it's because i'm getting somewhere or i'm i'm doing something and oftentimes if people feel as though you can't do anything for them as opposed to just being sheer friends or just being you know just having a a a platonic good old-fashioned qualitative relationship or connection with no agendas or or hidden you know so it just make you wonder and as paul talks here he paul was in a very depressed or state rather of depression and he says, only Luke is with me. And he's able to do what he can. He's supporting me. He's ministering to me. He's encouraging me. He's he's letting me know, you know, hey, I'm with you to the end. I'm here. Not just in words, but in in application. Indeed. Um, this speaks so much volume to me. And um Sometimes it is hard to notice the collateral beauty when it's so much loss and people walk away and, and, you know, and oftentimes you walk away because people walk away. You stop reaching out because people stop reaching out. And as a uh, relationship coach, Matthew Husey says, you know, you you really should give the amount of energy to people that they give to you. Now, that might seem, you know, petty or antithetical or whatever. People might say, you know, but you need to do, you know, and this is this is something that I have learned and still learning. I need to do what's better for my mental health. When I see that it's not. Uh, the connections aren't as extensive to me, well, then I have to, I have to make a decision as well as you, you have to do what's best for your mental health. And if that means backing up, backing off, moving on, because, um, oftentimes, as he said, Matthew Husey says, you know, uh, ghosting when people, for the most part, when they just stop, there is no response and they go on for weeks. That is the answer. That is the response. And so you, you shuck it up 
and you say it is what it is. I I cannot. I've cried over this too long. I've 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 suffered internally over this for too long. And so therefore I have to do what's best for me. And collateral beauty, the application of collateral beauty during periods of loneliness is God has somebody. And sometimes it may not be the people we want, but God does have somebody that will stand with you and that will be for you, that will support your business, that will support your entrepreneurship, that will help you build your network. Um, God will have people. Um, Oftentimes, you know, I've questioned, what is it? You know, people always seem to inbox me. You know, as I've told people, everything, everything seems to be secret. What's the big secret? Why can't you ask me the question? Why can't you? It's an inbox. It's a, you know, it's a compliment behind the behind the wall or, or behind the stairwell or behind closed doors or what I call the Nicodemian, you know, <laughs> concept. It's in secret. And sometimes you say, well, what is all this stuff with me in secret? You know, why can't it be open like you like I see everybody else highlighting people openly? But it is what it is. And getting through that, it takes work. Um, But God has a way and God has people and God has individual in your lives that will um, pray for you, that you pray for and that encourage you, that encourage um, that you encourage. And that will be a friend indeed and not just a friend in need. All right. So um, I'm hastening here because my time is winding down. But the application of collateral beauty, as Paul saw it, was he was able to look at Luke, who stood with him in the midst of his um, depressed state and, and grief and loss. Thank you for listening. This is Elder James Harrison, CEO of Crossroads Deliverance Ministries and Counseling, LLC. You can reach me at crossroadsdeliverancemc at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Take care. God bless and enjoy your Sunday. The collateral beauty, the application of collateral beauty during grief and loss and loneliness.